Thank you, Ellen, for risking life and limb to get over to the piano there. Um, okay, this is the one where you get the popcorn out, because this one lasts 15 minutes. Um, really what you'll have here is a much broader discussion of this, this topic of church worship. Mostly you'll find ministers from congregations all over Ireland with a lot of very different perspectives coming and, and sharing their ideas. Now you'll find that this, this video starts with a rather corny start, so just bear with it for a couple of minutes. Worship is something that stands at the very heart of Christian living. As the Westminster Divines put it, life is to be centered on glorifying God and enjoying Him forever. One way of expressing our affection and joy for God is through public worship. Yet we are all conscious that many things contribute to making services of worship authentic and meaningful. The rest of this video was produced to aid discussion on worship at the Get A Life conference in Coleraine. This material is now being used more widely to allow all of us to participate in shaping the future of public worship through personal reflection and group discussion. I am sure that you will find it thought-provoking and stimulating. Mr. Talkalot, I see you worked for the BBC as a roving reporter. Aye. And you're now looking for a job with more of a challenge. Aye. And you're interested in religious broadcasting. Aye. And you're a Presbyterian. Aye. And you're willing to work for £10 per week. Aye. A Balamina man who worked for £10, whatever next. Well, you'll be pleased to know that the job is yours. By the way, what did you do for the BBC? Well, I, I roved around Ballymena and reported to the council if any of them street lights needed fixing. So why did you get sacked? Nobody told me I had to do it at night. I'm very fond of music and therefore music is an essential part of worship for me. I like the old hymns, but I like many of the modern hymns and I think the words are excellent. I think it's very important to get uh, good Bible teaching 
on a Sunday morning at church. I really like family services. You don't have to sing boring old hymns. I enjoy music and worship. I love instrumental music, but I very much enjoy organ music too, which is more traditional, but I find it very uplifting. I think the PowerPoint presentations are very good. It's nice to have bright visuals, especially for the young people. I think it's very important to use many people within uh, worship, uh, but particularly young people. There is a saying, if you don't use them, you lose them. For me, worship is about having good music and a good speaker. Yeah, our minister's great. He involves you know, everybody in the church and there's always a great feel of variety. Well, I would find that the musical side of worship is very important and in my church recently they introduced a praise band and I myself play the clarinet and I find this a very good experience playing um, and praising God in using my instruments rather than just singing and uh, everybody in the congregation seemed to enjoy it, not just musical people, everybody and they all find it a very enjoyable experience. It's fine hearing what people in the pew think but we want something that will appeal to a more sophisticated, intelligent audience. We need something more in-depth. Why don't you go and interview someone important? Like, like a moderator. And it would be good to get an international perspective on this. Why don't you go down south? The greatest challenge facing me on my arrival in Highkirk was the need to share my understanding of worship as the primary task of the people of God with a congregation that had been doing things the same way for as long as they could remember. I wanted the congregation to glorify God and enjoy Him each time it met. I wanted them to see that they were participants, and not mere pew fillers. I wanted them to be more than spectators. Here at NOC, some of the important issues we faced were falling attendances, an increasingly elderly age profile, and a lack of freshness, creativity, and relevance in our services of worship. For us, the morning service is where people form impressions, not only of Christianity, but of God. The morning service sets the tone, so what we do is important. We have faced a number of challenges regarding how to approach public worship in First Island McGee. How do we integrate the best of the new into the best of the old? How do we encourage those whose preference is for contemporary praise while not alienating those who lean towards more traditional material? How do we address the challenge of learning new items of praise so that all of the congregation feel confident enough to join in without the embarrassment of making mistakes? And how do we utilize the musical gifts within the congregation so that those so gifted can use them in the context of worship? In Carlo, the great challenge for us as regards worship has been to keep the focus on the essence of worship. By that I mean our meeting with God. Form is important, and we've tried to work at that, but essence is far more important. Through preaching on the church, I have stressed the necessity of each member using his or her gifts for the benefit of the whole body of Christ. Therefore, at all three of our Sunday worship services, many of our members participate by playing instruments, singing, praying in public, reading the scriptures, leading worship, 
and providing good sound and video projection. By the time the preacher brings God's Word, the Holy Spirit has prepared the hearts of the listeners through the ministry of all these gifted people. Some years ago, we took a number of practical steps to change things. We began to use suitably gifted members for children's talks, uh, monthly mission slots, focused intercessory prayers, other prayers, scripture readings, and so on. We introduced on an occasional basis Window in the World, which is a three to four minute comment on a current news issue from a biblical perspective. We started to use technology for projection of sermon points, announcements, words of songs, and so on. We worked harder at what I would call life application preaching. Our message has to be relevant and meaningful to those who come. And we changed our approach to music. As our general guiding principle, we have sought to see the church at worship as a family with differing needs and tastes. At home, members of a family often want to watch different programs on TV at the same time. Several things can happen. The family may divide up to watch their choice of program on separate TVs around different rooms in their home in splendid isolation from each other. Alternatively, the most forceful family member may have his or her way, but this runs the strong risk of alienating everyone else. Or the family may decide to stay together and try to accommodate each other's interests. This takes more of an effort and requires an element of sacrifice and selflessness from everyone. To my mind, this last approach is the best model for the church family. Thus, in most of our services, there is a mixture of contemporary and traditional praise appropriate to the theme of the service. We hope that when people come to worship, they will discover a place that's warm and welcoming, a place where the worship is real, where the essence of worship takes precedent over the form of worship, where the praise is a mix of the best of the old and the new. As John Piper puts it, the mingling of historic and contemporary music, where the leading of praise can be a coming together of people with different musical gifts, where the impression is given, look, here are 21st century Christians at worship. We want people to discover a place where the Bible is taught clearly and faithfully and relevantly, where the there and then of the scriptures is earthed in the here and now of contemporary society. While those were the more immediately obvious changes, we did some other things as well. We recruited staff intentionally. We looked for those who would complement our team, bringing additional expertise and skills. We planned more thoroughly, not only for the year ahead, but also for the next two Sundays. We realized that preparation was especially important for all the different facets of what we were looking to do during our services of worship. And finally, we put in place a system for reviewing all services by staff, uh, by a subgroup of session, and by selected members of the congregation. We introduce new items of praise gradually. If possible, the choir is given the opportunity to learn the pieces at an evening practice or before the service, so that they have some degree of confidence in leading the praise and helping the congregation to join in. At times, we have used some of our young people to teach the congregation praise which they have chosen. 
We have four or five folk who lead the praise in some services using piano, keyboard, guitars, drums and violins. This has worked well and met with universal approval. We hope to develop this further in the future, although it is not always easy to get everyone together for a practice. They're all busy people, both inside and outside of church life. In this area of worship, I think we need to sit loose to what are man-made rules and sacred cows. Rather, we need to stand firm on scriptural principles such as the centrality of the Bible and its proclamation, praise that reflects with awe and joy the best of old and new, and a loving, accepting community of people, and all things done to the glory of God. We've learned that it's important not to try and do too much too soon. Whatever we do, we want to do it well, and that means we need to practice hard. One of the big challenges in all of this was to hold together the traditional and the progressive in one service. Increasingly, we find that services were being constructed to achieve balance and to avoid offense, but this didn't provide a very satisfactory solution. So although attendances didn't justify it at the time, we developed two morning services of differing styles, one flexible, one traditional. Naturally, we were very concerned as to how this would impact the unity of the congregation. But consider this. The congregation wasn't united on this issue anyway, and it was proving divisive. Fourteen or fifteen joint services plus other events are planned for each year. And most of all, in our situation, it works. My generation grew up with 60s and 70s music. That's what resonates. That's what connects with me. But my children enjoy different kinds of music. Unfortunately, you can't please all of the people all of the time when it comes to music and praise. It's important, therefore, that we don't let a few people frustrate progress towards being a church where our worship is focused on God, the Lord of eternity, but at the same time is relevant to the culture of our day. There is no change without pain. Everyone has an opinion on how worship should be conducted, particularly when it comes to the music element. Problems arise when one opinion is pushed at the expense of all the others. We have experienced the pain of change, but having come through on the other side, I can say that even these experiences have been worthwhile. So what has been the outcome? The flexible service is growing and has a very healthy age profile while the traditional service remains steady. Importantly, with the development of gifts, skills, teams and rotas, there has been amazing growth in the number of people actively involved in public worship, and that has been a blessing for everyone involved. 